On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved them. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the, sto take away the stone, he asked. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> Some people said, Pastor, you better just cancel church this weekend. No one's going to be here. Everybody's going to be in Florida or in the Caribbean. Look around and say hi to everyone, would you? Thank you for being here. <laughs> you know, uh, as Sean, our, uh, by the way, Sean, thank you for leading our worship today. Sean is the uh, Director of Student Ministries for high school and college. He's also a great musician, and we're thankful to have him. Uh, Sean mentioned that we've got stories of the dead today. Uh, we've got the story of Lazarus that you just heard, and we have the story of Ezekiel being placed into a, a valley of dry, dead bones. Well, that story came to life for the Afro-Americans, the slaves that were in the United States prior to the Civil War. This was a dark time of our nation's history where they were stolen from their homeland, they were commandeered as slaves, they were brought here to the United States, families were, were separated, mother was sold one place, father the other, kids were torn apart. It was terrible. 
And that just before the Civil War, there was so little hope that anything would ever get better. But you know, many of these slaves were Christians. They were believers. And they turned to God and His Word. And the story of the dead, dry bones in Ezekiel 37 was a special truth for them, where especially God says, just like those bones, I'm going to make you come back to life. And they looked forward with hope to the freedom that they might have one day. And it caused them to, 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 to sing that uh, frolicking spiritual dem bones. You know that song? You know that song? It goes, dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones, dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones, dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones. Now hear the word of the Lord. Remember, the toe bone is connected to the foot bone, the foot bone connected to the ankle bone, the ankle bone connected to the leg bone. Now hear the word of the Lord. And, and those bones, what happened to them? They came to life. And it gave them hope that someday God would bring them back to life. Then we go hundreds of years later to the time of Jesus. Jesus knew this family. They lived in a little town called Bethany. It was two miles from Jerusalem. And Jesus hung out there. He was best friends with this family. And there was Mary and Martha, two sisters, and a brother named Lazarus. And uh, the Bible says that, that Jesus loved this family. They were very special to him. One day, though, Lazarus got sick. And the word that is used by John for this sickness is not just any sickness. It was a sickness unto death, okay? It was a terminal illness. Lazarus was critical. And so what does Mary and Martha do? They send off for Jesus. It, they send a servant and said, Jesus, you got to come because your, your friend Lazarus, whom you love, he's, he's very, very sick. But, so what does Jesus do? Nothing. He doesn't come. Finally, Lazarus dies. And he's in the tomb already for four days when Jesus shows up. Where have you been, Jesus? Mary and Martha? Show me where he is. And so we know the rest of the story. Jesus goes to the tomb and he calls out Lazarus by name. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes out and, he's, and as he's walking out with the grave clothes, he said, get those grave clothes off of him because he's not dead, he's alive. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Now hear the word of the Lord. What does God have to say to us as a result of the dead dry bones, of Lazarus being in the tomb, of Mary and Martha so despondent? What does that say to us? We know that when hap what happened to Lazarus happens to us. Jesus calls us by name today and he wants us to come forth, to come out of the tombs that we might be in. Now, what kind of tomb might you be in today? Well, it's, it's not a literal tomb, but yet all of us experience discouragement. All of us have times in our lives when we ask like Mary and Martha, where are you, Jesus? Why haven't you showed up? Has that ever happened to you? Was it with a situation at your job? Maybe it was a test that you had at school that you didn't do well on. Maybe it was the disruption of a friendship and it wasn't your fault. Someone else got involved and, and made things worse. Maybe it was the death of one of someone who you are close to. You see, if you haven't experienced that kind of discouragement, disillusionment, even depression as a result of things not happening the way that you want, you will. It's part of living on this side of heaven. It's part of living in a sinful world. And there are times 
when we experience this, when we get like Mary and Martha and we start to question God, where are you, Jesus? Why haven't you shown up? And when we get like that, what happens to our faith? Well, today you might have noticed that the the title of this sermon is called Practical Atheism. It's when we begin to let go of God's promises because we can't see God. We don't know that He's around, and all we can see are the problems and the circumstances that keep taking us down further and further into the valley, the dark, deep valley of dry, dead bones. Practical atheism. It's when we get to that point where we say, God, I don't know if I believe in you anymore. And if you're real, why did you let this happen anyway? It's a pretty, pretty real thing for many of us. And like I say, I hope that you never have to go through it, but chances are you will. And when we get like that, our world becomes centered on me. It's all about me. Woe is me rather than trusting and knowing the promise of God and His provision that He's going to take care of you, that He says, I'm going to make things work out for good to those who love me and who are called according to His purpose. He's got that promise that nothing's going to separate us from His love, and yet we have our doubts. We experience that practical atheism. Well, the message to the bones from God, God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? And then God goes on to answer it, and this is what He says, I'm going to open up your graves. I'm going to bring you up from them. I will bring you back. I will put my spirit within you, and you will live. This was certainly the case for Lazarus. We know what happened. Jesus shows up, and you know what the first thing he does? It says he cried. Yes, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. Some of us have memorized that from John 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. But it shows his humanity, doesn't it? Because he knew that while Lazarus was in the tomb, that he wouldn't be able to put his arms around his friend. He wouldn't be able to talk to his friend. And he's identifying with Mary and Martha and their grief. God knows what you go through too. And I have a a feeling that God weeps. He sheds a tear for us too. And yet, that's not where it ends. Jesus walks to the tomb and he sees the stone. He says, take that stone out. And they did. And then Jesus speaks the three most important words that Lazarus will ever hear. And friend, these are the three most important words that you will ever hear. He says, Lazarus, come out. And sure enough, he did. He came out. You see, the Word made flesh spoke something from the depths of his own soul that defied death's power and revealed the Father's glory. Jesus calls his name loudly, clearly, gallantly. The voice of love defies the tomb to hold Lazarus any longer. The voice of love brings back his friend back to life. He reminds the crowd, just as he does each and every one of us, that when Jesus shows up, the end is not the end. A few chapters before, we, we heard about God's love for the world. In fact, we had this, this passage as our gospel lesson about three weeks ago. Remember John 3.16? For God so loved the, the world. And indeed, God loves the entire world. He loves each and every one of us. But here, for the first time in John chapter 11, love gets specific to a person. 
to an ordinary person who is in the world. Up until this time, Jesus never loves an individual. But now all of a sudden he does. Verse 3, Lord, the one you love, that's Lazarus, is sick. Verse 5, Jesus loved Mary and his sister and Lazarus. Verse 36, the Jews said, see how he, that is Jesus, loved him, Lazarus. You see, in Lazarus, love gets specific. And when love gets specific, miracles happen. Transformation happens. Changes happen. In hearing Jesus' words to Lazarus, we know the change that took place in him. He came back to life. What about you? Do you hear the same voice of love and life in your life? You know, Lazarus's body and soul was useless, uh, unresponsive. Rigor mortis had set in. He was in the tomb already four days. And as a commentary, uh, Luke, uh, I'm sorry, John reminds us, it says in the King James Version, he stinketh. Okay? That means the body had already started to decompose. You know what it's like when life stinks? When you get that news from the doctor that you were so dreading? That news from your work that maybe you lost your job? You know what it's like when, when your marriage is on thin ice? You know what it's like when life stinks. And maybe it's your relationship with God stinks. Maybe you don't feel as close to Him as you once did. Or maybe it's your relationship with other people stinks. But the fact is, He stinketh. That's us in our lives too. And yet, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus knows your name. And just like Lazarus, He calls you forth. He speaks your name as a child of God. Yes, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. But here we see that, more importantly, Jesus died for you. And he rose from the dead for you so that you can have life as well. You are important. Of all the, the 6.7 billion people in the world that, that inhabit our planet, God knows you individually and personally. And he calls you forth from whatever tomb whatever valley of dark bones, dry bones you might have, and he says, come forth, and life is there for us. You know, the problem for me, and I, I don't know if you can relate to this, that sometimes I get so busy, so wrapped up in the things of my schedule and work and all the other, that I don't hear his name. This Lenten season, we've been encouraging you to spend time with Jesus every day in his word. Because when you do so, that's when you hear your name. That's when Jesus calls you forth. He calls you out of the tomb. And he lets you know that you're loved and forgiven. I've always especially enjoyed the words from God through the prophet Isaiah where he says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You belong to me. And when we have that assurance, the tombs of despair don't have to pull us down into death. We come forth just like Lazarus. So hearing your name is the first step to emerging from the tomb and your dry bones. Sure enough, by His grace, that's what happens. For the Lord Jesus who brought back Lazarus from the dead, who made those bones start to connect and bring, and, and bring muscles and tissue and made the dry bones alive, is the same one who comes to you and assures you that your sins are not a barrier between you and God. 
that he loves you and cares for you just the way that you are, that he has made you and that he has risen you up so that you don't have to stay in that tomb. He brings you back to life by the power of his death on the cross and his resurrection. But when you hear your name, when I hear my name, Luther, come out. The voice of Jesus is an invitation. It's really an invitation to a new life. And remember, Lazarus came out of the tomb, but he was still bound up with all the barrier cloths. We're going to be talking more about that. Because you live, you don't have to be bound up by your burial cloths. You can know the joy of Jesus in your life. You don't have to live in a, in a state that is, that is bound by all your circumstances. You can choose joy. You can put the past behind you because Jesus has forgiven you. You can press on toward the goal of the upward call that you have in Jesus Christ. And so come forth. Take the grave cloths off. Let him go. He's not dead. He's alive. Perhaps you have asked the question like the one addressed to the prophet. Remember as he looked around at the dead bones, the question was, can these bones live? Can your bones live? Can you experience life, the abundant life, the full life that Jesus wants to offer to you and brings to you today? Well, today Jesus calls you by name. You believe that? I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. And then I want you to say your name. Can you say your first name loudly, clearly, boldly? Ready? One, two, three. Luther. Come out. Right? Come to life. That's what Jesus says to all of us today. And as... He helps us to unwrap the the grave cloths. We come forth in joy and freedom in Him. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Now hear the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen.